0: Well,
1: welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone's having a great week. It's a beautiful morning here in the New York area and hope the same for wherever you are. And we hope that uh, it has been as prosperous as it's been for us. So that being said, we're going to have a great show today. And our show is being brought to you today by Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 nonprofit organization, uh, EFA Movement for short. Uh, they provide sustainable solutions for improving the father-son bonding process. This is getting to the root cause of limited beliefs so that our kids, our sons and daughters can grow up to be our future leaders, uh, better husbands and wives, better leaders in their communities by operating from a limitless mindset rather than a one of limited beliefs. Great things that that group is doing. Check them out at www.efamovement.org. That is EFAMovement.org. Again, if you're new to the Sustainable Success Radio Show, you can find this uh, not only on the Voice of American Influencers channel, but also on Facebook at Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. Feel free to drop by where you can listen to many of our great guests uh, leaving their words of wisdom to, to scale your business and your personal life to the next level uh, come visit us, and you can uh, listen to any of the on-demand versions at any time. Today, we have a, we're have we going to be covering a topic that really plays true to my heart. It's how to play big in today's world. And, you know, while most aspiring entrepreneurs think that, that the next business strategy will manifest the life they desire, successful entrepreneurs know it's the emotional and mental shifts that will bring you closer to your goals. And we're going to be talking with Ajit Nawaka. And he is a serial entrepreneur, global educator, and consultant. He's the co founder of Mind Valley Teach, Evercoach, and Global GRIT Institute, GRIT Institute, and the author of the book, The Book of Coaching and Live Big. So, again, that's Coaching and Live Big. He also has an upcoming book out called Live Big Guide to Passion. Practicality and purpose, which we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff that uh, from that book today. He was born in uh, a, a poor, uh, uh, living in a home with 23 other people. Has always pursued the dream of living big. Over the past decade, he has helped build training and coaching companies to inspire the coming generation, transform entrepreneurs to live on purpose while enjoying their lives while increasing profits. He enjoys exploring the world, learning different uh, different cuisines, writing, and spending time with his wife, Nita. He currently lives in Los Angeles, California, and that is where Ajit is joining us from today. Ajit, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Chris. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. I, I love, you know, I've been following you now for the last couple of months and really love the things that you're doing in terms of your message and Definitely looking forward to your, your book coming out in terms of, you know, you share, you know, 25 different shifts in, in, in emotional and mental um, shifts. And we definitely want to talk about that today. So want to talk a little bit about like w- when we're playing big in today's world, that can mean a lot of different things for, for people. You know, it could be in business. It could be something in their personal life. Talk about, you know,
2: what it means to play big in today's world. So playing big in today's world or playing big, I think, in any reality is is about having the choice to be able to say what you want in your life and how you get it. And you're able to get it and you're able to do what you really choose to do. You see, most of the times... Living big or what living big means is defined by external circumstances, external people. You watch somebody, you watch somebody driving a particular car and you go, hey, that person's living big or that person's living the life or that person is doing this and that person is doing that. And as much as that sounds correct in the moment, if you really think about it. Most all of us are completely different individuals. We live almost in our own universes. We see the world the way we see the world. And when we start to take the influence of somebody else without recognizing that there is the element of our personal choice that we want to make, what happens is we create tremendous amount of anxiety, fear, and not enoughness, as I call it, in our life, where we start to compare ourselves and go, hey, I'm not really living big because I don't have that same fancy car. But did you even want that car at the first place? Or you were just looking at somebody and feeling small because of somebody else's reality? So uh, my invitation with the book and generally in life is for us to be able to recognize that we can make the choices that we want to make and in the way we want to make it if we have the right perspective, the right strategies, the right input from different realities and then bringing it together to really make it our own, our own personal selves and really tuning in inside and deciding what is it that we want to live our life to be? And then creating that life in the external world as well. So living big is a lot about choice. It's about me, being yeah. able to say, I want this in my life and I'm going to go get it.
1: That definitely makes sense. And I totally agree. You know, it's definitely it comes down to choice because, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder of what that means to us. So, you know, in terms of, you know, when you talk about the, the emotional and mental shifts, you know, it always starts in the mindset. I, you know, and I'm 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 a mindset. I'm a certified mindset uh, strategist. And you know, I, this is what I do. It all starts internally and then manifests itself outward. Talk okay. about the you know you know someone that's like you know looking at that they they feel that they're not where they want to be, whatever that means to them. You know, and because we're all about life and business as one. And what would be some of the steps or the process to go about?
2: you know, understanding
1: these emotional mental shifts?
2: So the first step of really knowing, especially if you feel that you're not where you want to be, is to recognize that you have to first define where do you want to be and why do you feel the way that you are not where you want to be? You see, like I was just talking about it, Chris, what happens, especially in today's world, like comparison was always a thing with human beings, right? we always compare us versus somebody else because it gives us a measure of where we are in journey. And It was still healthy in the older times, but in the new times with constant social media, Facebook, Instagram, beautiful pictures of people's 10-second lives, we compare our 24 hours compared to that and we go, hey, I'm nowhere close to where I want to be, right? But is it that you really want to be there? Are you willing to pay the expense that it costs to be at a particular place that you may think you're inspired to be at, but you are not necessarily looking at it that way? You want the accolades. You don't want the life. Right. And so there is there's a difference between understanding that your current state of you feeling good or bad about yourself. Firstly, must not be driven by your comparison to the outside world, because that's most of the as as much as we, we've worked with a ton of entrepreneurs and individuals ourselves. And we find a lot of times people want to get to a different place because they want to be in comparison with something else. Yeah. Or somebody else. Right. and And when that happens, it shifts your fundamental being because you will always be on that chase there is no place where you'll be happy there is no plot point where you'll be like you know what I actually enjoy my current moment and yes I want to create a new reality for me but it's driven by outside factors not you into. So my first invitation is if if somebody is feeling right now that you're stuck right now, you're not making progress right now is to check in if it's true, if it's true for your being. And it's not it's not just a comparison thing where you're looking at somebody else and you want their life. Right. Because that's not going to make you happy, even if you get that life. And this happened with me, not my own life. So I can definitely attest to that is because I used to chase other people's lives for the longest time. Yeah. And then I realized that even if I get that life, I don't really enjoy it. I hate it, for that matter, most of the yeah, time. Yeah, so you I'm realize
1: like, that. You are careful what yeah. you wish for.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, why did I change all this? And and I realized that was because of, and it's a scientific thing. It's called the comparison theory. I think it was Stanford or Harvard, one of those uh, universities that did research on school students to look at this comparison theory. And it has become prevalent. It has become really, really common these days where we constantly compare and previously, when we were, we didn't have the modern technology of always being in, being able to be in communication, we compared then too, but we went away. We had our own personal time where we did wasn't compared to anybody else. So we could find peace much more easily. But currently, we're just constantly bombarded by it. We look at our phones 40, 50, 100 times a day, uh, depending on uh, how how addicted you are to these technologies. And that constant comparison creates tremendous amount of stress and un, un and, and, and realizations and goals that you don't even want. So that's the first thing that you need to know is that is your dissatisfaction driven by an external compass or your internal compass, right? So that's the first point. The second thing that you want to know is let's say you discover that this is an internal compass and you are not getting where you want to go. Here's my one thing that I think works for most of the people is go ahead and write your goals down. And don't stop there, though, because most people, what they do is they write their goals for the next year, right? You're listening to this right now. You might go, hey, two months later, I'm going into New Year. What am I going to do in next year? Right? So you will go ahead and you create, write, write down your one-year goal. But here's the problem with one-year goals. One year is too short for you to get anything, anything big for that matter. For example, if you want to build a company that does millions and millions of sales, a year is too short a time span to be able to do that, especially if you have no previous experience, right? No. What else? If you set yourself for a 10-year goal or a five-year goal, it's enough time for you to be able to realize that goal, right? So firstly, write down your five or 10-year goals, right? And here's the trick. And here's the secret that I will tell you. Whatever you will write down for yourself in five or 10 years from now, most likely you will get anywhere between three to seven years. You'll realize you've already met that goal right? That's the secret to actual long-term thinking is when you think long-term, your decisions are a lot more sustainable, if I may. They're That's not great. based on a moment. They're not based on gratification, but they're based on value. And value is the key to success in any reality of the world. If you add value to the person more than what they expected, you will get returns that are more than what you expect, right? So when so- you-
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting what you said. I mean, when you let's, t- let's circle back up on that ten year goal because this is such an important thing when it comes to sustainable success or scaling one's business or taking one's personal life to another level. So when you look at that big picture, right? you you say five or ten years and you said if somebody were focused, they could realize that in three to seven, is would would it be safe to say that what you're saying is like that you're you're embracing the process. You know you you desire the outcome. But if you're just focused on the outcome and it's not broken out on something that could be attainable along the way, you may get lost in the process. Would that be safe to say what I heard or is it another
2: another way around? It is safe to say. No, no, that's correct. That's correct. That you enjoy the process a lot more. It also is how our minds really work. Um, So it's definitely you, you embrace the process, but our minds are so much more powerful than we actually imagine them to be. Right. We think we have this rationale and that has all the answers. I believe there is the irrational or what I call the unconscious or not. I call it's called the unconscious, the subconscious, which has a lot more power than your rationale brain because it processes a lot more data and it processes a lot more information on a nanosecond basis. And as it processes so much information, when you give itself a five or 10 year goal, it has more time to really process that information, come up with real strategies that will create outcomes for you in that time frame. Here is what also happens. We need to understand the human emotional element that you talked about previously, Chris, is that if you are constantly anxious and scared and fearful and you feel that you're not good enough, there is no way you're getting your goals. Right. Because you're constantly in that place, which is not a powerful state for you to actually get to the goal. Right. And that happens when you have a year long goal because you're constantly scared you're not going to get it. Right. You're anxious about it. You're, you're excited, but you're more anxious than you're excited. Whereas if you have a five year goal, because it's such a long period of time, you tend to not have the anxiety until year four. Let's say if you were still not close to where you wanted to be five years from now. Right? So so what happens is because you've delayed the negative emotions by extended the time period of your goal, you have actually created a positive emotion and a positive state for you to make keep making progress towards your goal. And there's less likely that you'll actually quit on the goal. You are more likely to stick with the goal because you feel and believe that you can actually achieve the goal. Whereas else if it's a one-year goal, three months into the year, you already are starting to quit. Remember, uh, there was this study that was done uh, some years ago where they checked in with people asking – how many of you set a year-long goal? There were some people who did. And then they said, how many of you stick with it after three months or two months? And most of the people quit their goals after two yeah. or three months in the year. And the reason for that, the New resolution bit, is not just follow through. It's just wrong goal setting. It's like you're trying to create a, a reality that is so anxiety-driven for you as a person that in month three, you're like, I'm not getting this. So you flip the table and you move out yeah that makes sense. I mean, you made a powerful uh, uh, statement there
1: about emotions, you know about you know when people come from a negative emotion, whether if it's worry or maybe they're maybe they're angry, they're not where they want to be, you know these are low vibrational energies that, while you know we're we're nervous that we're not getting to where we want to be because we we've set a goal that is, that is not attainable in a short period of time, it actually works against us you know, I guess, you know, that, that, that energy, it, it, it like pushes it, delays it. Whereas if we come from a place of being present and believing that it will happen, but we just got to just trust the process, more likely the positive emotions will vibrate at higher that it's going to, you know, eventually attract us,
2: you know, to that outcome in that time period. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so we want to be mindful of not only, about how our mental state is, but our emotional state is, because there's a combination of that, and they both need to work together for us to be able to really drive results in our lives and create the life that we want to create.
1: Wow, that is powerful, powerful. And and what would would you suggest? You know, we have a we have about three minutes uh, to our break. What would you suggest again? If somebody were you know just looking at this. Would they need to assess where they are right now? Like I mean, maybe maybe they're they're coming from a really negative place. Would that be something they would want to address first before they start writing down their goals so to make sure that you know they, they're in the you know, they
2: could adjust the right emotional mental shifts towards that? Absolutely. And and the thing is, what happens is whatever is happening in our life, we tend to believe it'll continue to happen. So that's a great point, Kis, that you that you made right now. It's powerful, is that What happens is we look at our lives and we think this is exactly how our life will continue, right? So if it's going in a negative spiral, we believe it's going to continue in the negative spiral. If it's going positive, we believe everything's going to be good. But life's not like that. Life moves up and down. There's positive, there's negative, and there's a balance of that that creates your real life, right? And that's actually why life is so interesting. Otherwise, it will be boring if it was always negative, or it was always positive, but what happens is because we tend to believe that wherever we are, we'll only get that much success or we'll continue to be in that journey as we are right now. What happens is we tend to, let's say if in that state, in a negative state, you tend to write your goals, you will tend to write goals that actually are much lesser than what you're capable of. Or you might think that it will not get fixed for the next five years and you might actually set a negative goal for yourself. So you want to change your state and think about, okay, what is the possibility? What if there were no hurdles in your way. What if there was a reality that can be created based on whatever you wanted to do and, and it was all possible and there was no limitations to it? Here's a simple exercise that, that I advise most of my clients to do before we even get started. Is Think about if there was no concern in the world. Let's say the world was a great place and you were a great person and everything was good. What would your ideal day look like? Just write down everything that you would want in the day to unfold, including your work. Because nobody and, and let's not let's not fall for that trap. Nobody wants to work. Everybody wants to work. Everybody enjoys work, right? So you would want to go to work, but how how would that work be? Like what would you do at that work? How would you wake up? What type of food would you eat? Who would you wake up next to? What would you day do in your mornings? And defining that ideal day usually puts people into a very positive state. Because they think about family, they think about friends, they think about their wives and husbands, and they think about a good quality work that they would like to do and so forth. And putting yourself in that positive state allows you to then go into a five-year vision of yourself and go, okay, this is the five-year wor- vision of myself, which of course includes the elements of my ideal day, or it might be a path to get to my ideal day, right? So that that is usually a good exercise to do, but definitely you don't want to be really mad right now and go ahead and write your goals because that's not going to work and you're going to write really poor goals for yourself
1: nah, that's powerful so so true uh so again you know uh you, you take take notes everyone again this is going to be on demand as well so if you're not if you're just joining us you can catch up on this on demand later today as we'll have the uh, edited version available but again yeah you know, you're listening to uh, a jit and how to play big in today's world. We're going to be coming back. We're going to be talking about uh, some more points from his upcoming book, Live Big A Guide to Passion, Practicality, and Purpose. And again, we were just talking about emotional and mental shifts, and we'll be right back after the break.
0: What is balance? Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. Again, that's 1 866 472 5795, or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to sustainable success.
1: Welcome back. Uh, We're here talking about the topic today how to play big in today's world with our guest expert, Ajit Nawaka. Again, he's uh, based in the LA area, he's a serial entrepreneur, global educator, and consultant, and the co founder of Mind Valley Teach. Evercoach and Global Grit Institute and also his. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the main points out of his upcoming book, Live Big, A Guide to Passion, Practicality and Purpose. We were just discussing in the first leg, if you're just joining us, about the emo- emotional and mental shifts that one is required to take to get closer to your desired goals. So uh, if you're just joining us, please check out the on-demand version later today. So Ajit, you know, when we look at your upcoming book, uh, Live Big, A Guide to Passion, Practicality and Purpose, let's talk a little bit about the passion side. You know, a lot of times people, you know, they they understand like what passion is, but I think sometimes they really don't really understand what it means in the bigger picture. When this is Mm -hmm. what we're talking about, how to play big in today's world. Let's talk a little bit about that. Why passion is
2: so important, you know, to play big. So what happens is that as as entrepreneurs as individuals, we tend to start our journeys based on the rationale, right? We, we go, oh, this is what I, I've studied, so I should do this. Or well, this is what I have been educated on, I should do this. And it works for a little bit. But soon we realize that as much as, yes, you have studied something, yes, you have qualified in a particular area, a lot of times you actually don't enjoy doing what you actually are doing in your world. And that effect, that in effect translates into poor quality work, not interested at workplace, not really sticking with a job or sticking with a job, but being not really a great leader, you don't take initiative and so forth. And all of those things become hindrance to our success and hindrance to our progress in life, which is why... If we follow instead of just thinking about, instead of thinking about, hey, this is my qualification, we think about, hey, what am I passionate about? And can I use my qualification to be able to be utilized into that passion, right? And then follow that. It creates a great integration of us being able to channel our interests with our uh, capabilities. And that's really the perfect mix of real passionate work the reason why you want to follow follow your passion is not only because of this the modern age, new age thing that we're talking about, but what we're talking about really when we talk about passion is are you interested? Are you excited to do what you do? Are you enjoying what you do? And if you're not enjoying and if you're not passionate about it, what you're creating is, is a tremendous amount of negative emotion that you bring to work or non-excitement that you bring to work. And that's not a great place to operate from to create true success and create true progress for your life. Now, what happens is often passion is misunderstood. We think everything that we're excited about is what we're passionate about, right? The classic mistake of I went to Italy on a holiday. I learned how to make pasta. I want to open a restaurant. Well, that's not what you're passionate about really. That's just something that interests you. That is an exciting proposition for the moment. It doesn't mean you need to open a restaurant or become a chef. It simply means that that's an interesting thing for you to do. Let's see how long you stick with it, right? Because passion is not something that, you, that is momentary. Passion is something that has stayed with you for your life. You have been excited about fixing electronics all your life. You've been excited about creating new things all your life you've been excited about painting all your life or talking to people all your life now what you do is you go okay that's what i'm passionate about that's what i really love to do now let me find an integration with that with the work that i can do as well alongside it you see in the modern world we have that capability of bringing an integration to things that we're excited about or passionate about with work that we with actual deliverable skills that can go into that and create a great reality for ourselves no, it makes sense. And it kind of goes back a little bit, you know, when we talked about in the first
1: uh, segment of the show, you know, that a lot of times, you know, if we look to the outside we can and we compare, we can get caught up in somebody else's passion. We think it's our passion because it, we're we're pursuing it for all the wrong reasons. Maybe, oh, I, w- I can make a lot of money. Uh, you know, he's making a lot of money. She's making a lot of money. So I can. And that's where the shiny object syndrome comes in. And, Absolutely. you know, you start chasing the next greatest thing. But is it really a passion? So, you know, talk about a little bit about like how to really separate the noise, so to speak, from that and, you know, how to really dig deep to find one's passion that the money is just a byproduct of the
2: value that you bring, you know, to the world. So there's two phases for it. So firstly, you need to understand that you're multi-passionate, which means you don't have one passion, you have many. And that's just being human. There is nothing wrong with that when you go, hey, but I have this passion, that passion. So first of all, don't make it a challenge if you have a lot of passions. That's a good thing. You're a human being. You will have a lot of passions. What you want to do is you want to be able to identify the one passion that you're most excited about or is one of the top five, let's say, and then find what is an integration of your your current skill set that matches it. Now, you might wonder, well, how do I know what are my first five or the most excited passions for first three, first two, whatever that is, right? Uh, What you want to do is you want to find what are the things that you have done in your life that actually gets you to lose track of time, right? So, for example, for me, if I sit down to write, I can forget how much time has passed when I'm writing, right? So, I have a passion for writing so much so that I can keep writing all the time. But I also love cooking, but I don't lose track of time in that. I also love making short movies, but I don't lose track of time for that. Right. So I, I, I would love to do those things in my free time, but that doesn't become my profession, my, my, or my passion that I pursue, my passion that I pursue, my passion that I really integrate with my skill set or my qualification or my abilities is writing. And so I write books, for example, write emails, write documents, write white papers, all of that stuff. Because I love writing. So what you want to do is you want to find the one passion where you almost lose track of time, where you you don't care what's happening in the outside world because your internal world is so good. Now, again, sometimes your passion would be things like, hey, I love interacting with people. Right. And you will lose track of time in that context. And that's fine, because then what you can look at Because if you love interacting with people, you could get into the business of consulting. You could get into the business of coaching. You can get in the business of sales and marketing because that's all about interacting with people, right? So you could get in so many different professions or speaking or you could be a politician and so forth, right? But the point really is that you love this particular thing and this thing is where you just absolutely lose track of time and now you go, okay, what are my skill sets that I can bring in to the element of my passion and create a new career out of it? And that's really how you kind of, discover your passion by really looking at things that make you lose track of time.
1: God, that is so powerful. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I look at, you know, I, I, you know, I'm a coach and I'm a speaker, right? And, you know, I do other things as well. But when I think about it, like when I coach people and and even when I coach my uh, my uh, son's sports teams, you know, even when I'm coaching my, I'm not getting paid for that. But I mm. yet I love doing it. It's it doesn't it's not like, you know, it's it's just the, it, the feeling that I get from it is more than any money could ever provide me. And, mm. you know, of course, I get paid for by by the adults that I coach. But you're right. It's so like and there's other things I love to do. But yet there's always a time limit. I, I never thought of it that way. And it's so true. So I think, you know, that's so important, listeners, if you're listening to what it said you know, really start to really, you know, meditate on that and think about that, that you may be pursuing things that you like, but they may not be, you know, your passion because you got a time constraint or a limit on it and you got to be going after the things that that you really, you know, you'd be doing no matter if you were getting paid or not and you lose track of time because, again, you know, it's not, the money will follow at some point. So it's so true. What would be some other uh, tips that you could provide Ajit, in terms of, you know, passion, in terms of one you know, aligning that passion to, you know, their, their,
2: uh, their goals. So, so one of the things that you can do in alignment to be able to do more things aligned to your passion and to be able to align to your goals is, is to be able to firstly, like you said, meditate on really figuring out what are some of those things that you are that you're losing track of time on as you work on those things. And and they are not hard to spot. They're usually very easy to spot if you're, if you're looking. And that's really the challenge most of the time. It's like the goals thing, right? If you're looking at the five-year goal, if you have a plan around it, you're more likely to achieve it versus you going, hey, I have this goal for the next six months and not really have a plan to achieve it and having all the anxiety and so forth, right? The passion is very easy to find when you're looking. You'll easily be able to say, you know what? I really... I can do this all day long. Like the statements that you make around things, I can do this all day long is probably the thing that is your passion, right? So it's easy to spot when you when you're looking for it. What might be a harder thing to do is to you might find two or three things like that and you might go, which one is the one that's most practical for me? Which one's the one that I could actually create a life around? Right. So so you pick that. And that's the part which which you basically take your skill sets. You go, okay, this is the skill sets that I have. Right? We are out in the world. We we have either become marketing experts, business experts, technology experts, or something like we've had some type of qualification. Even if we have not got a degree or something like that, we focused on something and got some type of qualification. In and actually, with by qualification, I mean work experience in this scenario. And you take that and you go, okay, how do I integrate that with my passion? And you and you find that balance to be able to create a new reality for you there. And then you align that with your goals. You go, okay, so like we talked about in the first part of our conversation is, okay, let's say now you you have your five-year goal, right? We talked about creating a five-year goal. You go to your five-year goal and you say, okay, how can I get to that goal doing this, doing what I love? Right? doing what I love, and I have skill sets around it too. So you go ahead and write that path. And one of the big mistakes that we make often, and, and I've learned this through experience as well, is we set out a goal and then we forget it. right? Because we think uh, it's the secret, right? We'll, we'll write it and we'll send it out to yep. the universe and it'll manifest itself. It doesn't. You have to work towards it. And it, it's the most obvious, Captain obvious advice that I'm saying right now. But at the same point in time, it is what we miss, right? So we write the five-year goal, but then make a plan for it. Make a plan for it and then execute on that plan because that's what we miss. We make the five-year goals, but we never plan for it. We never know how will we get there, right? Or at least some direction towards how we will get there. We don't need to know it exactly because that would reveal itself as we make progress, But you need to have some direction towards it. And sometimes the direction is, hey, I need to get there in five years from now. I don't have the right education for it. I need to start studying for it. And by studying, I don't mean go to college. I mean actually study like real life experiences and real life people and listening to conversations like this because that will help you get to that goal. Right. And that's what you want to do. And that's one that would be the next few steps for you once you've identified what's the passion that you want to pursue is to make a plan for you to really create the outcome that you want to create in five years or 10 years from now based off that passion. Wow. So powerful. Now, you know, let's look at,
1: you know, look at practicality, you know, and, and how this applies to, you know, living
2: and playing big. Talk a little bit about the practicality factor. So practicality. Um, in the book, we discuss very much in context of, of business, right? And like you rightly mentioned, Chris, uh, life and business is the same thing. We are no longer in a world where we want to separate the two because it actually creates more dissatisfaction and makes a, makes life uh, boring because business is so true in that context, right? So because we are the same thing now, and I'm not saying that means that you work all the time. It simply means that you you are doing work that you actually enjoy and that fits into your life instead of something that's completely separate from your life, right? So now that we know that, we are aware and we have the awareness of saying, well, that's what we want to do in life. What my invitation is to entrepreneurs is to not only look at our, our passion that we want to pursue, but also create practical approaches around it. You see, a lot of times entrepreneurs start their journey, especially this is true for small and medium-sized businesses, where the entrepreneur is the business and there is nothing really that surrounds that business and that really is the reason why 90% of businesses fail is because when a business is just the entrepreneur is the entrepreneurial drive that will create the success or failure of the business and when that happens what happens is, let's say two years into the business, three years into the business, what happens is now you're burnt out because you're doing 14-hour days. Even if you love what you do, there is a point, there is a breaking point where you can do 14-hour days, and after that, you're like, I give up. This can't be me. I can't do it. Only a few survive that phase, and that's really the challenge of a small and medium-sized companies most of the time is that entrepreneurs give up too fast, and that's true for our lives, too. If you're working too hard for a really long period of time, there is a breaking point where we get frustrated and not excited about life. And that's not a good place to be because that only becomes more proponent and we start to replicate that in our life and we start to influence people that are around us and we become a negative man and see in a way. Yeah, yeah right? it so becomes toxic. Yeah, becomes toxic. It becomes toxic for people around us as well, not just for us. So the invitation is really to be able to create practicality around small and medium-sized businesses, what we talk about in the book, but it's true for life too. So, And, and there are three elements to practicality, really. Uh, and those three pr- elements is product, process, or people, right? And if you have an integration of these three elements in your business and in your reality, you will be able to create a new life. So let's talk about them a little bit, right? So first, first is product. Product is what is the outcome that you create that goes out to the world. So if you're a professional, it is the work that you do. If you are an entrepreneur, this is the actual product that you're bringing out to the world. Now, most of the people stick with what they have already as a product. And that's the challenge of products, and that's why one of the reasons why the business doesn't evolve is because the product is exactly the same as it started, right? And they, that because that creates mundaneness in the or stagnancy in the business and stagnancy in your, in your profession, your progress becomes slower because you are only relying on time to be able to make progress, right? So what I invite entrepreneurs to do and what I invite professionals to do is to see how their product evolves. So if you are a professional. How is it that your personal skill evolves every single time? Because if your professional skills evolve and you have a plan for it, you will tend to actually create greater progress for your profession. If you're an entrepreneur and you have a product out, what you want to do is you want to see how does this product become better? How am I getting feedback from my clients to get better results for them for my product to be better, right? So that's the first element that you need to consider as to what's the evolution of your product. Second is process. Now, people hate processes, and they always tend to go, I don't like processes. I I left the corporate America or left my corporate job because because I didn't want to do the processes. And people do a lot of hate on it. But processes are not reasons why you uh, you have lack of freedom or you don't hate processes. The reason why you hate processes is because you didn't build them, right? Uh, Because processes that you built, like, for example, the way you get to work or the way you do anything is a process to it, right? You love the way your breakfast is laid out. You love the way your lunch is laid out, right? You love all of that. You like the variety if that's the process for you. We love processes. We just don't like the processes somebody else creates for us, right? So you want to, my invitation is to really reconsider and say, everything that I do can be done more effectively and efficiently if I have a process around it, right? And in the starting, it might feel like, oh, I don't really have a process or this is just me. That's what is a common answer, but that's just me. Well, you are a set of processes if you really think about it. And if you implement those processes, it allows you to be able to create predictable results on a consistent basis, which allows you to also enhance your product on a predictable basis, right? And as you create that predictable results or predictable outcomes of a particular thing that you do, it creates momentum in your business because you can actually focus on other areas and be able to create results in other areas of your life. And lastly is people. People are probably one of the key elements to make any business or life successful. We think it's willpower, we think it's our own drive, it's not, it is the people that we surround ourselves with. And I know this is the older Dodge and everybody talks about you know, some of the five people that you're around, but it's very, very true. You have to be able to be around people and create a culture around you that allows you to be able to be uplifted every day and be motivated when you are down and be able to move forward when you need to. Right. So you want to surround yourself with people that are uplifted, are trying to create progress like you are trying to create progress, because that will create great results for you. So three elements of creating a great uh, bringing in practicality in your business and in your life, people, process and product. Wow,
1: it's powerful, powerful. So, again, you know, folks, you just, you know, just joining in again, we're talking about uh, some key points from. Ajit's uh, upcoming book, "Live Big: A Guide to Passion, Practicality, and Purpose." We are uh, we have provided some tips in this segment uh, pertaining to passion, practicality. We're going to be talking more about purpose later. And again, in the first segment, we talked about the emotional and mental shifts and how to bring you closer to your goals. So again, we highly encourage you to listen to this again on demand later today. There's a wealth of information here. Uh, And you may have to listen to it a few times to absorb it. It's fantastic. So, again, you're listening to Ajit Nawaka, How to Play Big in Today's World. And we'll be right back after the break.
0: Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people in businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your Goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one on one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. What is balance? Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1 866 472 5795, or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to sustainable success.
1: Welcome back. Again, we're uh, talking to Ajit Nowaka. Uh, we're uh, talking about uh, some key words of wisdom and, and insight to his upcoming book coming out. Later this year, Live Big, a guide to passion and practicality, or excuse me, guide to passion, practicality, and purpose. And if you're just joining us, we're going to be talking right now about purpose. We've already talked about passion, practicality, and the emotional, mental shifts one needs to take to bring closer to your goals. So again, if you're just joining us, we encourage you to listen to the on-demand version. So Ajit, we wanted to move forward into the purpose. You know, we have passion, we have the practicality. Mm-hmm. Now, how how's this leading to purpose? Because I guess the purpose is really what is going to drive this and
2: make this a reality, so to speak. You, whatever that goal is or goals are for you. Absolutely, too, Chris. Purpose is so important, and it's so uh, so discounted sometimes as 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 things that we we need to at least think about, if not really have a really defined one to get started with. And and it's because it's it's a complicated topic. It's like, what is our purpose, right? That's the question that we as human beings have been trying to answer for the longest time. Why do we exist, right? It's an existential question in some way, is what is my purpose? What is the point of me being on this planet and doing what I do? And so I've I've found that purpose is, uh, it's it's like a guiding light. It's like the horizon. You don't have to meet your purpose. You have to just create that guiding light for you to have the chase of creating something that is progressive and powerful for you and for the world, right? So purpose can be dissected in two different ways, right? So purpose is sometimes is very internally driven, which means what do you want for your life, right? And so there's there's sometimes there's this belief in which is the second type of purpose is what am I contributing to the world, right? And And sometimes people go, oh, yes, my purpose is to save the ocean or do this or do that or whatever that is. And those are all great purposes, and I commend you for that. But what happens is a lot of times we tend to put this purpose out, again, because it sounds good, right? It's not what we are really driven with. We tend to go, oh, I want to save X, Y, Z, but you're not really driven to do that, right? So what I invite people to do is have that purpose if that is true to you. But if it's not true to you, start the journey by saying, what's the purpose for you to create for your life? And this is something that is so far out. That you probably never actually achieve it, but you operate from it today. Here's what I mean. So say, for example, your purpose is to live a big life, like I talk about in the book, which is a life of choice, right? You go, okay, I, my, my purpose in life is to live a life of choice. And that's really my purpose. That's something that is probably never attainable because it is so driven by people as well around you. So it's not always fully a choice, but you can start living a life of choice today if you choose to, right? You can operate from a place of saying, hey, I am creating a life of choice, and here are some of the choices that I'm going to make in my life, right? So you can operate, and let's say, for example, let's give an even simpler example, something that is maybe somebody's, uh, most, a lot of people who listening to this uh, radio introduction uh, probably have these type of purposes like okay I want to save the ocean let's say for example well you want to save the ocean that's a that's a purpose that's so far out it's great to have that purpose please chase it but today let's start let's start not use plastic right or let's start to stop using plastic right? and the reason for that is because you can operate from your purpose the moment you realize there is a direction towards your purpose but you don't have to actually meet your purpose and that's the point of purpose purpose is a guiding light and we want to put that light out and shine it so we can actually chase it and create a progressive outcome for our life so we can move towards something that is greater than us. But at the same point in time, we don't need to fall for the idea that if it is not sounding right, it can't be your purpose. It, your purpose can be internally driven. It could be externally driven. It could, by, by externally driven, I mean it could be an external consequence that you want to create in the world. It, It could be just a different life you want to create. Like your purpose could be, I want to provide for my family in the greatest way possible, right? Or I want to be able to create a wonderful life around my family and have my kids do this and that, or whatever. I want to support my kids doing this or that. And that's a beautiful purpose to have. And I commend you for that as well. And what I would invite you to do is to start operating today as if your purpose is already met, but know that that purpose will actually never be met. And that's chase that you're creating in your life. So you're, you're motivated towards moving a direction in a direction that's exciting and powerful.
1: Yeah, interesting point where you said, you know, that the purpose is, oh, it's ongoing. You know, it's part of the process that you talked about because you may be able to reach certain goals as part of your passion, but there's always going to be other goals. It's not like, hey, I reached this goal and it's, yeah, I'm all done. No, you, there's going to be another milestone, another goal. Maybe there's a shift in direction of where you're going from there. And, But the purpose, you know, could always, you know, always can align it to it in some way. So that that's that's an interesting take on that. And so what what do you cite are some of the things that people misinterpret about purpose? You know, I think I know you alluded to it a little bit, but I like to emphasize that a little more so that so the audience gets a clear understanding of that. Like, what are some things that people can interpret incorrectly about purpose?
2: It's it's not incorrect. It's sometimes it's just not honest.
1: Honest. That's why I should have
2: mentioned that. Yeah, you're right. It's just not honest to you. So, for example, there was a time uh, there was one of my like, clients and they're in the photography business. And um, when I asked them, OK, what's your purpose? What they answered was, I want to save the world. And I was like, you're in the photography business. How is that related? Right. And as we dug deeper, I didn't ask that question straight up, but I was kind of digging deeper into it and trying to really figure out where that has come from. Where's the intention? And what I found as final outcome after like 40 minute conversation was, well, they, they just said, hey, my, my purpose is to save the planet because that sounds better. And I was like, but that's not true to you. That's not honest to you. That's not honest to the work that you do. That's not honest to your internal being. I said, let's go and really figure out what is your true purpose. What is the purpose that you're actually excited about and you feel is great in context of what you do? And and the answer that they came up with was to be able to make world look really beautiful and memories really beautiful. And that's what they wanted to do. And I don't see anything wrong with that. That's great. It's really useful. It's really useful for the people that engage with them as, as 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 a company. And they actually are able to create progress in context of how people can take great photos and how they can uh, capture those memories and how they can remember those memories, right? So it's a beautiful thing to do. But for some reason, because it doesn't sound like saving the planet, they tend to go, oh, I don't know if that's my purpose. Your purpose is not... Uh, it's a glorified purpose when somebody wants to be a martyr for everybody else right it is a it's a it's a thing that is true for a lot of people but it's also not true for a lot of people but it's a glorification of of the journey right because the hero must sacrifice himself to be able to save the planet that's the common story right but that's not true always you don't have to sacrifice yourself to save the planet you can also save the planet and have a great time doing it right and what's wrong with that and that's my 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 at least personal uh, ambition or my personal drive is to be able to change that dialogue and say you don't have to kill yourself on that treadmill you can actually live a great life and you can also like be healthy and be successful and be able to do positive things for the world and you don't have to like sacrifice yourself in the process so so my invitation is and and which is where my 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 dialogue around purpose is is to be able to say hey listen Purpose doesn't have to be something that is extraordinary because it sounds good. Purpose just has to be extraordinary because it feels good and it's honest to you and it's true to you and it's okay, whatever that is. You don't have to uh, confine yourself or meet some standard relayed on you by the dialogues that you hear in the world. That's true for the person that's giving that dialogue and hopefully it's true for them because if it's not, they should probably change where they are operating from as well, because purpose is going to be your case for your entire life. So think about your next 50 years. You'll probably be chasing the same purpose. Why have something that's dishonest 50 years later and you will be finishing this lifetime or you would be kind of in that process of saying, hey, I've invested 50 years in this purpose. You don't want to be unhappy about what you chase. Be happy about what you chase. Be excited about what you chase and create the chase about whatever you think is the right thing and is honest to you.
1: Wow. That's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, talk a little bit, you know, we, you have a couple minutes I wanted to still sh- spend on this, on the, on the subject, you know, um, talk a little bit about, you know, again, the, the, how many people do you feel are actually, you know, I mean, I know there's no probably a- actual statistics, but like in your, your, from your observations, how many people are actually really living their purpose?
2: Oh, very few, I would say. Very yeah. few. Either it's because uh, I, I wouldn't be able to say a person because, again, never really researched it and it's really hard to yeah. really gauge if somebody is living their purpose or not because it's an internal dialogue more than an external one. Uh, and And I would think Maybe 20%, 10% of people actually yeah. live in, in context of their purpose because most of the people don't even think about purpose. And let's just be honest. That's just the truth. It's like if you'll go ahead and ask most of the people, they'll be like, I don't even know what my purpose is. They probably have not even had that dialogue with themselves to be able to really define it. Uh, secondly, a lot of people actually have the wrong purpose being set up for themselves because, again, like I said, most a lot of people, a lot of companies set purpose to sound good. And actually feel good or know that this is actually what they're chasing because an honest conversation sometimes is not as sexy as everything else, right? So, so we go ahead and put ourselves into a place of saying, oh, but I need to sound right, so let me put that up, right? Um, and that's, that's why I think a lot of us tend to chase something and be at a place after a few years and say, I'm not really happy where I am. I'm not really enjoying where I am. And that's why there was a research done by a lady, and I forget her name right now, but she was a nurse. In one of those plate, one of the hospitals where people were on their kind of like the last phase of their life, and uh, and she asked their question, uh, asked a, asked a common question to to all of them, and and you, she found that most of the people had the same dialogue, which was they didn't they didn't do the work that they were really excited to do, or they should have done. Uh, they didn't they didn't live on purpose. So so that's that's my invitation to everybody is that. I know it, it might feel discomfortable, uncomfortable right now as I say this that you might feel like oh I, I don't know if I'm living my purpose I, oof, that sounds difficult and hard and I don't want to think about my death right now uh, and that's not the point for, for yeah. me to ask this question on, on on our conversation right now my point for you is because I know you can live big. I know that you have that choice you have that capability you have that intention that's why you're on this call right now listening to this Right, you have the intention, yeah. you have the possibility, and it seems hard, and it will be hard a little bit. But you don't have to not do it just because it seems difficult. It yeah. would be something that you will find. You can have fun along the way. Let's give ourselves that chance. We we owe it to ourselves. Uh, we owe it to ourselves. We owe it to our families to have a good life, to have a great life, to have a big life. Um, and my invitation is for you to be able to start exploring and start really discussing where is it that you want to go and how is it that you want to go there and what would it look like and what would it look like when you will be on purpose every single day?
1: Wow, that's powerful. We have a, just about a, under a minute. Jay, I just want to let the listeners know where they can find you. We want to thank you for being on the
2: show today, where they can find you and anything that you'd like to offer them. So right now, you can, uh, you can find me through my book, which is Live Big, like, like you already mentioned. First, you can go to livebigthebook.com, L-I-V-E-B-I-G, T-H-E-B-O-O-K, livebigthebook.com. And when you'll go to the website, you'll see options to be able to order a copy for yourself. When you order a copy for yourself, what you get is you get access to a unique 21-day program that will help you actually live big. So it's not only the book that you get, you get a full 21-day program, which is released when the book gets released that will allow you to actually live a bigger life. And as you go through the program, you also will find many ways to connect with me. I love to talk to my readers. I love to engage with them. I love to learn about their lives and how they're using different strategies and 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 things that I discussed in the book that that they are able to implement all of that and, and be able to see results from that and be able to help them even more. So go ahead and get a copy for yourself. It's available for pre-order globally right now. It's livebigthebook.com, L-I-V-E-T-H-E, the, the com. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much.
1: And again, we highly encourage you here at uh, Sustainable Success to get your hands on uh, Ajit's book when it comes out. Also, check him out at his website. There's a wealth of information. He also has a very large following on Facebook. Check him out. And again, Ajit, we want to thank you again for taking the time today out of your schedule to join us here, and not only here on Sustainable Success, but the Voice America Influencers Channel, and you, the audience, we want to thank you, as always, for joining us in each and every week. We want to wish you all a happy rest of your week. Be prosperous, and we'll be back next Thursday. Have a great day.